0: Select the mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason G, DJ, movie writer, '80s guru, vehicle code name Frontier. Wyatt B, e, sound engineer, movie writer, airman, vehicle
1: code name Dakota. Personnel approved. Assemble mobile armored strike command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, to MassCast number twelve, where we'll be talking about episode number ten, "The Death from the Sky," on the Mass Cartoon. My name is Jason, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the Fire Marshal Bill, to my homie the Clown. Hi, How, How you doing? How you doing? Oh. I love in the color. Yes, that
0: was an awesome, awesome comedy.
1: I wish it would have lasted longer.
0: So do I. But nonetheless, we are excited to start another episode. We have episode 12 lined up. But first, we have a couple announcements.
1: Yes, we have a fresh look on our blog. Um, I've been wanting to kind of make it a little cleaner, make it a little more... Um, user friendly I guess you would say so we're inviting everybody to head on over to the blog still the same web address mobile armor and strike command movie dot and check it out play around with it we're posting uh this week's episode will be available on the home page in a little video and the poll is right below it and there's tons of other stuff that you can check out um All of our posts have been kind of categorized at the top and you got links to MassCast and you got links to some other pages, our giveaways page and collectibles page where you can look at the eBay listings and such. So we invite everybody to check it out and give us some feedback on if you like it, if you don't like it, if you want the old one back, (laughs) we'll take any kind of comments at this point.
0: Right. We're, We're trying to... Streamline it a little bit better, uh, make it more organized. But, uh, of course, you know, this is also for our fans. You know, we want to, one, get the word out about a movie, of course, about Mask. But also we want to, you know, make it about the fans because without the fans, the movie really probably won't be made.
1: (laughs) That's true. And we want to communicate, too, that we're serious about this, that, you know, we want the website to kind of reflect how we feel and how we want to get this movie made. Right. And then uh, one other quick announcement we want to invite everybody back in two weeks. We are going to do a special episode of Mass Cast. Um, number 13 will be an overall review, kind of up to this point. We're going to kind of overview episodes 1 through 10, and we'll include Wyatt and I's ratings and our favorites. We'll, you know, for the blog poll, we're going to put all 10 episodes up there, and you'll be able to choose multiple ones to vote for as your favorites through the first 10. And we'll take a look back on all the poll results from the fans and your comments, and it'll be fun. It'll be like kind of a wrap-up and, and kind of a glimpse of what we've been doing so far, so we'll hopefully get some more people to, to listen at that point and kind of move forward and listen to... In episodes 11 through 20. So, are you ready to talk about episode 10 the death from the sky?
0: I am ready to start the mass cast. Peaceful Nations Alliance Flight 24. Your presidential jet is clear for takeoff. Oslo
1: Control to Flight 24. Have a safe flight. Come back to Norway soon. Thank
0: you. So, we begin this week's story with an airport scene from Norway in which a president's plane is just casually taking off. And then as one of the tower controllers observes his radar screen, he sees the plane. Then all of a sudden, he starts seeing it going down. So, uh, fellow Aircraft controller comes up and attempts to reach the aircraft. They can't reach the aircraft through their radios. Then we see inside the plane, the pilots have completely lost control of the plane as well as lost all the communications. So as we go a little further, we actually see that they are enveloped in this pink beam, which is being shot from Venom, who actually now has a big submarine, which I thought was. Pretty neat to have a big sub in the arsenal. We have mask with the big, huge transport plane.
1: Yeah, did you notice that it was actually the president of the PNA? It was his plane,
0: right? I did. I did notice that afterwards. Um, in fact, we kind of see that in, in this next little uh, segment. But yes, I did see that he was the president of the Peaceful Nation Alliance. But and we see that in the next little segment that. Venom is trying to send a message to the Peaceful Nations Alliance to cease their cause. Oh oh no! We've lost the left wing! What? Must be a nightmare! I do not believe this! Believe it or not, it's real, Mr. President. This has only been a small demonstration of my power. Who are you? Miles and has Vanessa begin shooting the plane down, and Miles comes over the plane's radio telling the president that this was only a sample of his power.
1: And he demands that uh, they give him $25 million in gold to a bank account in Switzerland, or he's going to unleash some mayhem, so to speak, on these guys. One thing I did notice is that when Vanessa is communicating to Dagger about the— You know, I think it was like more power or whatever to the tractor beam. She had to use a walkie-talkie, which kind of bugged me because, you know, at this point we've been able to communicate just using the masks, but she needed a walkie-talkie. I think we see Miles do it again later in the episode.
0: Yeah, we do. But anyway, so we're – Miles sets the plane on top of a hill and backs up the sub and they move on. then we see it. The episode now fade in on Matt's mansion and inside Scott's arcade room, which, you know, I noticed uh, an episode or two before, but didn't think to comment on it. Of course, they're rich. We understand that. But it's kind of cool to see all the arcade games sitting in in this room for for
1: Scott. Yeah, it was like uh, an episode of Silver Spoons. Remember that show? Exactly. That's what I thought of, actually. (laughs) Or Richie Rich. Yeah. Yeah. So they're playing in the rec room with, they're building this huge track with their race cars that were designed by Bruce, he says. And then, uh, Scott tells T-Bob that Dusty gave him this high performance race car fuel and the cars start flying off the track and one gets off the track and starts running down the hallway and Scott has to chase it down. And Matt's in his, I guess, den area and he's watching the news. He, uh, quickly scoops up the car and tosses it into the trash can and then he goes back to kind of watching the news there and he hears the news say that somebody stole uh an anti-gravity ray or something and matt kind of in passing says oh i wonder who would steal an anti-gravity ray you know right <laughs> like he didn't know it was venom <laughs> Reports of planes being Dad, drawn we'll to Earth a powerful unknown force are flooding the North Sea region. Great shot, Dad. This terrorist group warns that any nation failing to meet their demands will become a target for this new weapon.
0: Now who do we know who could steal an anti gravity ray and use it for terrorism?
1: Of course, Scott then he asks to help again. It uh, seems like we're getting that almost every episode, right. which is fine. Matt suggests to uh, complete his own mission by stopping the race car before it like destroys the house. Right. So T-Bobby quickly transforms into the scooter and then they go chasing after it.
0: And then that's when we see Matt in the computer room, you know, they're analyzing the situation, they figure out that it is Miles' voice. Play back that emergency message from the alliance and analyze the voice of the terrorist leader. Ready, Matt? This has only been a demonstration of my power. Program in progress. Confirmation. Mild mayhem. Venom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. That means a mission. But not for you, Scott. Thank heavens. Danger makes my transistors ache. Right away, uh, Matt asked, asked the computer to scan the best files for the agent suitable for that mission. And we come up with Bruce and Alex with Rhino, and Honda with Firecracker, and then Gloria, who we later see, ends up being the co-pilot or writer along with Matt.
1: I like how Scott and T-Bob kind of snuck up on him at the computer when he was right before he called the agent.
0: Yeah, that was kind of you know I see that actually as Scott's character. Um, yeah. Even yeah, in our in our in the in our mindset of how we would like to see Scott in the movie. I see that as he's sneaking up because he's so eager, but he doesn't want to uh, let Dad know that he's there until he hears the mission.
1: Oh, I'm ready to go. Let's go, Dad. (laughs) And I like the – if everybody listened last week, I was a little unimpressed, I guess you would say, with all the agents calling up. And I think this week's sequence was a little better. I liked how Hondo shot that basketball Pretty much the length of the court into the basket. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, But they need to get some new stuff for Gloria. I mean, it's always, she's in a car teaching somebody, or she's in a race or something, and she just leaves the car there, which I'm like, how is that going to help you get to where you're going faster? I I never, I've never. (laughs) Exactly. That's something. Never understood that one. But uh, for the most part, it was better this time. But back on the Venom side, we have. Mayhem, of course, and Vanessa, and Rax and Dagger, so we get the full Venom force up to this point. We head back to the Venom sub. We see the kind of Venom minions, I guess I call them, who are controlling the sub, and they reveal the plot here. It's pretty early on this time where Mayhem shows the Comet, and he wants to get this uh, power booster from the army to control this Comet and threatened to destroy a city.
0: Imagine the destructive force of a piece of that comet falling to Earth on any
1: target I choose. That could smash a whole city. Bet they'd pay anything to keep that rock off their doorsteps. They will pay dearly.
0: Once we capture the Army's new magnetic power booster, the increased power of our tractor beam will make that comet the most destructive weapon in history. And then we see Mask, you know, deliberating there and they find out what's going on um the next we see you know the masks are being put on and the team rolls out
1: have you noticed like i i think i noticed this time when they do the mask room sequence where they get the masks Mm -hmm. there was only six like holders this time just enough for everybody and i think they've done eight before when like last week when there was everybody there Right, they've kind of changed it up from week to week. In some weeks, I remember them pulling it down, and there being some missing out of there. I agree, yeah. So they haven't been kind of consistent, but I do like the sequence where they reach up and they have that kind of bright light when they're pulling the mask off the thing. It gives it kind of that mystique.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe I'm a little critical, but it, I mean, I can think that just pushes the limit because in my <laughs> in my mind, I see that that power source whatever it is charging up the mass i just can't right, see right. them charging up you know the team members
1: it's more for effect on i'm,
0: I'm sure it is and i don't you know it's- when we when we do our ratings i don't affect that doesn't
1: affect it by
0: any means
1: so they uh, assessed all the areas where the attacks were they determined they're all in the north sea so they roll out um i liked how they show them the vehicles coming out of Boulder Hill this time. I don't know if we've seen that before or not, but I like that sequence where it's kind of a side view. You kind of see all of Boulder Hill, and then they're coming out of the, the uh, garage area there. Um, and they get a shot of basically all the masked drivers, and they head to the PNA jet where it landed, and they're there to check the hull and scan it for clues i guess and while they're doing that alex picks up a distress call from a cargo plane Mm -hmm. and matt says well let's go pay them a surprise visit to uh this cargo plane They're, i guess i can't remember if they were able to track it or or whatever uh what alex is there but so venom is using their beam to pull in this plane mayhem he calls in for more power Um, You see the box that's inside the plane, which is this power booster. And then Dagger pulls up a visual of a... They get a warning signal. He pulls up the visual, and they see Mask coming down the road. What's the problem? Our automatic defense system just activated. I'm switching to visual. We've got company. Mask. Give them a warm welcome. Well, Vanessa and I get the power booster. So, Mayhem, he's... Uh, he, in essence, tells Dagger to handle Mask while he and Vanessa go for the power booster. Um, so Dagger, he pulls up this other gun that's on the, the uh, sub and shoots at the hillside above Thunderhawk. And I like the reaction of Matt and Gloria there. They were really surprised, and I kind of yelled out loud. And uh, they drive, like, right through the guardrails off the cliff, and they're... Nose first, headed towards the ocean. Uh Uh-oh. Whoa! And they have to quickly convert to jet mode and pull up before they reach the water.
0: Right, and this is why I like Thunderhawk. Because if you're in a pinch, you can jam it into <laughs> jet mode and get the freak out of there. <laughs> but, uh, so then the master are now put on Matt and Gloria as Venom engages in the battle. Dagger takes out another portion of the hillside, which sends rocks in, in the way of Rhino. But we have Alex being real quick to thinking, and he thwarts all these rocks coming at him by using the grill uh, battering ram. Then Bruce engages the stack guns and begins to shoot back at Jackhammer, which I thought was actually pretty cool to see. It was all quick action. like They were really on their game to give it right back to old Venom.
1: I think Bruce even says, it's now our turn or something like that.
0: Right. And then next we see Switchblade flying up to the transport plane with Vanessa hanging from a rope. I'm not that ballsy. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> you now she's hanging from this rope and um here's something else I noticed uh with this scene there's like a little cockpit roll down window on switchblade that opens up so that the viper mask can shoot out without harming his windshield did you notice that
1: yeah that was really thought out i guess you would say um right because before, say viper.
0: because before that anytime they shoot out powers it's like you know nothing happens to the windshields
1: yeah <laughs> maybe they caught that from one of the before episodes or something But so he uses Viper to melt a hole in the jet and then Vanessa gets close she uses the whip mask to pull out the power booster Thunderhawk then approaches and we have Mayhem telling Rax to kill the tractor beam on the plane and the drama kind of builds there get Jack back and close out we've got the power booster Let's drop this plane and get out of here. Crack. anti-gravity beam. We'll do. got
0: to save the plane. What about Venom?
1: We don't have to wait. And Jackhammer, he heads back to the sub. He shoots the cliff again at Firecracker this time. And Hondo avoids the rocks but has a near collision with rhino right there but uh, bruce hops out real quick and he uses lifter to control this falling jet
0: right and this is where we actually get to see the limit of lifter which is kind of confusing where i think last week's episode where he was holding up this whole big huge wind machine and you know to me i would think that's a lot heavier than the transport plane but in any event you know we actually see the limit at least of this mask, and it looks like it overheats on him as it begins to overload, and then next we're back at the sub, and we see Venom running away, which was kind of confusing because it actually looked like they were holding their own in the battle.
1: Yeah, but they got what they were there for, and exactly. they were off to the the bigger plot right. that they revealed.
0: Right, so we're back to Bruce again, and he can't hold the plane any longer, and Alex kind of adds insult to injury that it'll burn up at at any second.
1: Can't hold it much
0: longer. Plane slipping. Your mask will burn up any second. Hondo, Gloria, get those crewmen out. Use the fireman's rescue.
1: Fireman's rescue. You got
0: it. Matt quickly directs that Gloria and Hondo get the crew out of the plane by using the fireman's rescue, which was pretty cool that they, you know, have their own naming scheme for rescues or tactics. And we see that this tactic actually displays Thunderhawk deploying depth charges into the water which sends up this huge, big splash really. Yeah. Then Firecracker, you know, rises up and shoots the freeze ray which ends up creating a big large uh, glacier that ends up capturing the plane. Matt has... The crew evacuate while they tend to Bruce, who has just collapsed. And as they remove the lifter mask, he says that he's okay. Then just just as the crew is getting out, of course the ice ice formation crumbles and sends the plane right into the sea.
1: Yeah, and Matt adds that they've saved lives, but Benham got away.
0: Right. And, and that, that, I was it was kind of disheartening the way he worded that. Like he was disappointed.
1: Yeah, darn it! I saved lives, but yeah, you know, Venom got away. I do like that. I didn't think about that. That you know they had to coin this term for this particular rescue. That maybe they had you know trained for this before. Obviously they did because they knew what Matt was talking about. Right. So gives an element of you know that there was a training period or whatever that they've done that. But so Alex, after Venom gets away, Alex intercepts another transmission and it's mayhem, and it's his kind of uh, terrorist message, really, uh, about his plan to use the comet to destroy a major city because of the uncooperation from the PNA. Right. Matt tracks the comet in Rhino in in range of the power booster, and Matt says that he needs the mask main computer to track the position. So they kind of cut back to the mansion, it's Scott and T-Bob, they're back playing with their track, and Matt calls T-Bob and uh, asks Scott to feed this data into the mass computer. Matt needs to know what the most likely coordinates are for the the site where they're using the, the power booster to control this. Uh, Comet, the mass computer says it's a 99% probability that they're in Norway out of these like three or four different locations. I think they give. And Matt tells them to plug in the coordinates to the guidance computers in each vehicle and they roll out. Speaking of Dad,
0: Scott, have the computer analyze the following problem locations in the northern hemisphere, which would give Venom a clear shot at the comet. Ready to transmit! Mount Hekla, Iceland,
1: Orrebro, Sweden, and the forests of Buka, Norway. Analysis. Given our current
0: coordinates, what is the most likely Venom location to fire that tractor beam? The target is Van Alden Comet, within the hour. Distance to Iceland, prohibited for given time frame. Swedish location too far inland. Oh, boy! probability, location of Venom installation, Norway. All mask units, transmitting target coordinates to all guidance computers. We found them.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: And then we see Venom making final adjustments. Uh, Mask is, of course, coming on the scene and begins to attack them, which I thought was actually kind of cool, because they were attacking from all different directions. So it was like a big ambush on on Venom.
1: It was, because I like how Rax is just kind of chilling up against the tractor beam there or whatever. Right. And he he kind of looks at what? <laughs> Mask is coming.
0: So then we have Rhino launching its large missile out of the cab launchers, what I'm starting to call it, uh, which ends up toppling a tree onto Piranha and Jackhammer temporarily, you know, disabling those vehicles. Miles ends up firing his magnetic ray gun to at the comet, which Ends up altering its course. It'll take more than your puny machines to stop me, Mask. Targeting Comet.
1: Fire. Now, I didn't understand, like, when Mask comes in, they like blow up that house. And I was trying to figure out. I went back and rewatched it a few times that scene to figure out what what, what it was. And I was it kind of looked like it uncovered the like the satellite dish or something. So I I still didn't understand why they blew up that house there at the beginning when they came onto the scene. Right? Did and you catch that? I
0: I caught it. I kind of took it more as as you know it was kind of like a misfire. You know they hit the wrong thing or you know just hit the wrong target by accident or something. I didn't think more, more of it, but now that you actually, we were talking it out, I understand. I'm like, okay, why did they knock it out? <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I, I just didn't get that.
0: So, um, uh, Miles is firing his magnetic ray, like I said. We see Thunderhawk buzz by Dagger while he shoots back with Torch. It must have been close enough to threaten Thunderhawk, so Hondo uses Firecracker's freeze guns again to take out the torch blasts, and then, you know, Kondo adds a little signature to it and, you know, shoots him in the face.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I'll
0: cool your fire, mister. Whoa!
1: My nurse! And then Vanessa, she shoots the whip mask at the freeze cannons and kind of disables them or moves them out of the way. Rax jumps in the piranha sub, and we see him going basically across the land this time right and he shoots out the poor hondo man he it seems like he wrecks firecracker like every episode now but uh he shoots out his tires and he goes over the cliff and he's like hanging there on the side of the cliff up against this kind of embankment right and he's like hanging over the water um dagger's the one that gives the traditional mayhem line here another time mask which I didn't... I still didn't get why Venom retreated. Uh, it seemed like they still had the upper hand, but... Right. Uh, you know, Jackhammer, he leaves. Uh, Miles gives his line, you know, if I can't have the power booster, no one will. Let's get out of here. If I can't have the power booster, no one will. And he tells... Uh, The Venom agents that he's directed the comet to crash on their site where they are now um, as Switchblade's leaving. Right. And we cut back to Piranha and he's back again with the motorcycle. Um, And then he shoots back into the water leaving.
0: And then we're back at where we're seeing Rhino pulling up as Firecracker begins to fall into the river. Bruce's mask is now... Obviously, cooled down, so he uses Lifter. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) I just, it didn't, they didn't explain it. They didn't explain that uh, I might be nitpicking, but (laughs) his mask was broken. He's on the side of the road, like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. But now all of a sudden, well, it's better again.
0: Right. Uh, I just took it that, you know, it just needed a cool down period, you know? So (laughs) that's what all I took at it. Um, But next we see Thunderhawk flying. You know, Matt tells Gloria to launch a sonic boom to take out the power booster. Gloria, launch the sonic bomb to stop that raid. Gotcha. This ends up overheating the power booster gun. Then it explodes, which cuts off the ray, obviously, with, that allows the Comet to go back on its original course, which I thought was, you know... Re- I, granted, this is a cartoon. It's near impossible anyway, but it was kind of weird to see the Comet just hook a right turn and go right back to going wherever it was going.
1: Yeah, it was... It was. I didn't have a problem with that too much. I mean, I was, you know, thinking of, of the this... Uh, tractor beam is more like a magnet right and if, you know you release it then the it might just you know skip off the atmosphere or something but so it goes back into space and then mayhem uh, he <laughs> oh this, this the ending to this episode just did not sit well with me. He gives the line at least I'll claim one prize and he shoots his missiles at firecracker you know poor firecracker again but it misses this time as Bruce's got control of it with lifter right. and he blows up his own freaking sub <laughs> <sighs> and his poor minions left inside I guess Yep. and of course and uh, then,
0: Miles finally makes his last statement I guess you've won this time mask, but next time it'll be different
1: next time <laughs> always next time and then
0: I like to how quietly and kind of like solemnly Matt just says one day I'll get him Someday, Venom,
1: I'll get you. That was like the first time that we've got Matt almost having the last word uh, over uh, Miles, and he kind of shoots right back at him, you know? Right. We'll get you someday, Venom, or whatever he says.
0: Right, and it's kind of funny that it's building up. You know, the more, I think last week he even said something about Venom, and now it's getting, it's like it's escalating. It's like, I'm having enough of you, Miles. It's time to take you out. <laughs> but... Um, But anyway, you know, we get Firecracker. It seems to be quite damaged, and the team is telling this to Scott as it looks like Scott has been hearing everything all along. And, uh, (laughs) you know, Scott says that Hondo can use one of his supercars in the meantime. And then uh, Scott flips to show the car, which ends up we see chasing T-Bob around. But he says that he modified Bruce's design, which – He can't figure out how to get the car to stop now. And, of course, the episode ends up with a little laugh. And that moves us on into the PSA.
1: Right. And the video I posted actually did not include the PSA with it. I about had a cow. I was like, what? Where's the PSA? But uh, I went over to another video on YouTube and on the uh, Back to the 80s Again account. And it uh, it had the PSA there which is Buddy working on Firecracker, like the wheel or tire or something. Matt pulls up in Thunderhawk with Scott, and Scott asks about his uh, bike, and Buddy ends up telling him that there's a right side of the road and a wrong side of the road to ride your bike, and you always want to ride with traffic so they can see you. And that was about it for the episode. It was a kind of a transition there from the end of the show to the PSA with buddy working on Firecracker, which I thought was, that was good, but the PSA really didn't really incorporate anything else. Right. So what was your rating?
0: Well, I was a little little more critical this week. I ended up giving it a four. Um, Oh,
1: that's that's uh, not critical.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I gave it a four because I I had a little beef about them using a a Venom using a radio when the masks should have radios in them, in previous episodes anyway, um, I'm tiring of how Gloria uh, responds to being called. You know, she just ditches a car. I'm sorry. I have a car. I'm racing there. <laughs> it's a lot faster than running. Um, and like you said here just a little bit ago, you know, what was that house used for? Um, like I said, I thought it was like a stray shot, but I also kind of wondered what why it was there in in the first place so uh that's what i saw and that's that's my rating what did you give it
1: well it it started out great and i was on track to give it a four or five um and just kind of building on what you were saying there about gloria why was she even in this mission she didn't use her mask um, she dropped a couple of bombs on people, which Matt could have probably obviously done from <laughs> right. Thunderhawk. Right. And it was kind of. I'm noticing kind of through the episodes now that whenever Vanessa or Gloria has a major role, they always have the other girl on the other side, whether they use her or not, it seems like. Because this one, you know, had Vanessa, you know, going up on the rope to get the. Um, the power booster out of the plane, but, and it just seemed like Gloria was there just because Vanessa was there. So I don't know that just that hasn't, I, I don't mind them, you know, using them both in the same episodes, but I would have liked a lot more with her. Um, I was set on, a. I got started out with a five. I thought it was a good plot. I kind of dropped it down to a four well, I I like the plot. It was kind of a worldwide show. I'm liking these that are kind of reaching out beyond the U.S. Right. It's kind of, you know, worldwide. I like the limitations of the masks, uh, how they showed that. That kind of gave it a more real kind of feeling to it. The creativity with that ice mountain that they built, The they called the fireman's rescue. The nitpicky stuff, which kind of dropped it down to a four to start, it was. I would have liked maybe one more scene with the PNA, and you know maybe Dwayne or the president telling Mayhem to shove off. You know after you know he did all that and or just something to kind of connect the two things there. The mask room thing that's kind of nitpicky. You know we talked about that with. There's sometimes there's six and sometimes there's eight holders for the to the thing. The one thing was like there was no mask plane this episode. I thought it would have been a good episode again to use it. I agree. They didn't use the the plane to go over to Norway, which obviously Boulder Hill is not in Europe, and they never show how the vehicles get over there. Right. So I would have liked to have some little kind of thing there. I ended up going with a three for the rating. I dropped it down one more just because the lifter thing at the end, see, I I saw that as lifter was dumb. When his mask went out and the power was gone, and Bruce is kind of, I'm okay, but he's tired. I thought Lifter was done for the episode. I would have loved for them to kind of leave it as it was, you know, overheated or broken or whatever. But then he comes right back at the end to use it. I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And he does it, you know. (laughs) And then the end where it's just kind of Venom retreating, basically just because Mask showed up. I didn't like that. I, you know, I would have liked some other reason for them to leave, rather than just, "Hey, mask is here. We better uh, book it out of here before they get us." And in the meantime, I'll set a trap for the meteor to squash them as we're getting out of here. I don't know. That just didn't sit right. And then the one that got me was uh, Miles blowing up his own stupid sub. Uh, I was just like, "No, don't do it." <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they're firing at Fire, at Firecracker, who's taken the most damage. And, and I guess they just wanted to, you know, put Hondo out of his misery and destroy the thing. <laughs> I can see why now he's got a new – I think he's the first one to get a new vehicle, isn't he? Yes,
0: he is. And I, 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 think, <laughs> I think this is what's leading up to it.
1: Yeah, he just keeps be- – <laughs> why even call Hondo anymore, man? <laughs> he just keeps destroying the vehicle. So anyway, I left it at a three. Um, let's uh, let's talk about some tie-ins to the script. Uh, what did you pull away that uh, you see is in the script from this episode? I
0: saw the comet streaking across the sky, which is part of our our uh, opening in the movie script.
1: Not directly related to the plot of the of our movie, no. but there is a meteor in there for a specific reason.
0: Right. Um, we also have a flight scene. Uh, Very similar to Thunderhawk where he's um, kind of veering off or flying off a cliff and it nearly, you know, just narrowly avoids uh, being like destroyed. Uh, And then we have um, the way we use the Viper mask. I realize it's we know what the Viper mask can do, but to me, it was a very similar similar use of the Viper mask in which we use it to. Intentionally melt the wall in order to, you know, gain access to the to the building. Um, what did you see in it?
1: Um, basically just uh noticing the the walkie talkies that they use. That we use the masks more traditionally. They have more uh, uh, kind of standard abilities along with the special abilities that you know the the masks have, where they can communicate to each other. You know, directly through the masks and everything like that.
0: Right. That,
1: that was anything else I had to, to add on that. The fans seem to have liked this episode. Um, so far, we've got ten votes. Four have voted for a five, and five had voted for a four. And, of course, my one vote for a three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you were that
1: guy. I was that guy this time. So. And then we have yeah,
0: two yeah, we, comments this week. We have uh, Tag who says a pretty decent episode. I liked the part early on where Scott and T-Bob sneak up on Matt and he's analyzing the voice sample, then spring up after it's confirmed as venom. Also some good bits of action in this one, like when Alex uses Rhino's battering ram to deflect the boulder, Bruce's lifter mask becoming too much for him to handle. Dagger getting his mask kit with firecracker's freeze ray and Rack's launching Piranha's Sub on the mountain road and taking out Firecracker before dropping it into the water. A lot of neat little touches in this one.
1: And thanks, uh, I guess his name is Tony. He left it there at the end. We haven't heard from him in a while, but appreciate that comment. And then Anna, she's back and says, uh, You probably think this is my favorite episode because I'm from Norway, but actually it's not among my absolute favorites, although I think this episode is okay. I'm very grateful that they chose not to represent Norwegians as idiots with some national costumes and weird accents like they did in the episode from Iceland a little later in the show. So she uh, thought that one was pretty good and a pretty good representation of her home country.
0: So that actually brings us to the conclusion of the first ten episodes. Like Jason said earlier, we're going to do a run-through of all ten episodes in two weeks we are going to be just like you said we're going to be looking through everything seeing our ratings the fans ratings and uh highlighting comments uh that you all have have given us and um i don't know i think a lot of our script is actually being revealed just by the similarities in these episodes
1: (laughs) yeah well it's good i'm glad that we're kind of As we go back through these episodes, we can kind of pull out the pieces that we've used in the script and tell everybody that, you know, this just wasn't a story we made up somewhere. It's, you know, a lot of elements from a lot of episodes, a lot of research we put into it. And uh, you know, we feel like we did it right, that we were true to the cartoon and true to the essence of Mask and, and trying to bring it into the present day. So we'll get to talk about that a little bit more We're, we're going to go through and uh, just briefly go over each episode uh, We'll give our ratings and you know, we'll talk about your comments We'll also talk about the other special mass casts that we did On the Series 1 toys And then a uh, couple episodes back when we had our special interview With Bill Ferries from MattTracker.com
0: Well that actually wraps it up for this week We hope that you have been enjoying our broadcasts. Uh, We also enjoy hearing all the comments and uh, the interactions we see on Facebook, primarily. And we look forward to seeing you next time on MassCast. Mad.